Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to 23rd Mind TV. We're back after a while. Hi. Hi, Carl. How are you? How are you Fine, doing thank upstairs? You. Yes, that's right. I am cozy and snug in my upstairs office. And I'm cozy and snug in my downstairs office. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Um, so yeah, we've had a lot going on. Basically, I look back in the last 23rd Mind TV episode that we did. It was basically just after we got the puppy. So basically, I think we were tired. <laughs> we weren't doing extra things for a while because we weren't sleeping a lot when we had the puppy. But now the puppy's a year and a half years old and she's sleeping regularly. And we're getting back to all the things that we love to do, like 23rd Mind TV. We had a big 2023 and we're looking forward to 2024. And we're going to talk about all that's been happening. Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, New Year's. So it's a good kind of... Um intersection because we're right in between the past and and uh, the future and uh looking back i mean there's been a lot uh when i think back at 2023 i didn't see it as um uh, super busy of course that has to do with mind frame also uh, but i did make a lot and we did make a lot in terms of products uh, and some, you know, the morbid anatomy events and uh, you know, simply quite a, a lot going on when you think about it. But maybe it's because this uh, eye of the storm kind of thing. You don't think about it when you're in the eye of the storm. It's kind of calm there and cozy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, on a personal level, I feel that it was a good year. Uh, I would always have liked to to make more but I will make amends and make 2024 a real book year in that sense. There will be even more books. Um, and um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But you were working on your own book most of 2023. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, that that's absolutely correct. And sometimes I tend to uh, forget that there was a good book year also for me as an author. Uh, it began uh, early on with um, Source Magic, uh, being published, uh, Source Magic, The Origin of Art, Science and Culture, uh, published on by uh, Inner Traditions in, in the US. Uh, it's basically like uh, resonances and occulture uh, in the sense that it's an anthology of uh, the past year's essays and uh, lectures, that kind of thing. Uh, and I, I love it. It's um, because it comes from a shorter time span, a shorter period of time than resonances, for instance, that was almost like a decade's worth of stuff. Um, so I was very happy about that. And when that was published, I think it was in February, um, I was literally knee deep, uh, sort of midway uh, with writing my uh, magical autobiography, uh, which had the working title Two Times Saturn. But which will now be called when it is published uh, later this year, 2024, um, Meetings with Remarkable Magicians, Life in the Occult Underground. Uh, so basically up until the spring, my main focus was to, to wrap up that book, going through my archives, um, going through my memory, uh, going through uh, basically the past and trying to reformulate what in the past that has to do or had to do with magic specifically and how that influenced my life and also vice versa, of course. Um, it was kind of a, definitely the biggest book I've ever worked on so far and the most fun also. And um, so now we're in the um, 
editing phases together with the publisher and uh, it will be published in October 2024 and that of course will be a big thing for me yeah that's going to be great and we'll talk about it more then when it comes out because it's a yeah huge book and um yeah there's a lot to say about it I've got yeah. to read it of course and mm -hmm. it's wonderful and I learned a lot about you that I didn't know <laughs> yeah only good things I hope yeah I also had a book come out right at the beginning of the year I think it actually came out at the end of 2022 but it's dated 2023 that seems to be what happens with these Rutledge books that my, all my books come out at the very end of one year but their publishing date I guess the paperback publishing date is the beginning of the next year um, psychoanalytic perspectives on the films of Ingmar Bergman from Freud to Lacan and beyond which you contributed to Mm -hmm. on a piece on Hour of the Wolf and it's a great edited collection that we had the idea you had the idea for actually in 2018 because it was Bergman's centennial um to that you know being a psychoanalyst that moved to Sweden in 2018 I should make a book about Bergman and I thought that was a great idea and then of course moving happened and pandemic happened and it ended up coming out now so it's been out for about a year now and yeah, it's a great book and it has a lot of great Swedish analysts in it and American analysts, someone from England and Canada. Um, and yeah, it runs across the board and some independent scholars too. Um, and yeah, it's got people's perspectives from the film perspective and from psychoanalytic perspective and from uh, philosophical perspectives. And it has a lot of great theorists in it. That's why it's, I originally was going to call it a Freudian, uh, Lacanian lens but there's so many other perspectives as one of the reviewers pointed out so I decided to change the subtitle to be even more inclusive because Jung's in there Baudrillard's in there uh, lots of French philosophy and so on mm. yeah no it's really funny too because uh, of course uh, you know we love Bergman and uh, anything that can be done to have people specifically new generations watch the films of Ingmar Bergman uh, that's a great feat that's something to strive for and I think it was funny also I think one of the reviewers uh, mentioned that like you mentioned that um, uh, sometimes it's so remarkable how one film or one filmmaker can evoke so many different things in different people like you know one film like you know Persona is mentioned many times in the book uh, and uh, it's just like whoa where did they get this you know <laughs> so many personal uh, provocations in a way that triggers things in people uh, so in that sense it's um, real genuine art in that sense it's not just a flat surface that uh, you know presents something it's something that actually awakens something in the viewer um, and I think you know kudos to you my lovely wife that's it's a great interesting book <clears throat> and I can only say that uh, people should watch the films of Ingmar Bergman that's uh, very, very important. Absolutely. And Mary Wilde wrote the foreword for the book um, for all the fans of the podcast that are also fans of Mary Wilde and her podcast. And she's where I really got that idea from about films being projective surfaces. That's what she talks about with her projection series and projections podcast. And you can really see that in this book because, um, yeah, I mentioned that in, in the introduction that... Uh, yeah, sometimes I would read, you know, somebody's version of the silence and I was like, is that what they thought was happening? Because I saw a totally different thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. yeah, films really are films that are art are really projective surfaces in that mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. 
So what should we talk about next? How about all the Trapar books that you've put out this year? Uh, yeah, there there, uh, there were a lot. Um, I think eight new books in total and then some uh, hardbound editions. And uh, yeah, maybe we should begin with those, meaning there were books that were already out in paperback, but that I made hardbound editions of and, and uh, uh, specifically two books that are very, very dear to me. And I would say dear to us also. Um, the first one being uh, the Mega Golem, a manual for all times and spaces. Um, it's basically a collection and anthology of uh, writings on and from the Mega Golem. And the Mega Golem is uh, the magical artwork that we created. Um, well, almost you created. Yeah, yeah, thirteen, fourteen years ago. Actually, around two thousand nine, I think the original idea came up, and then it's just grown and grown and grown, and has been integrated in. Uh, music making, music performances, spoken word poetry, uh, magical ritual, uh, free form, what I called um, uh, realm of unconsciousness writing. Uh, and um, yeah, it's just lovely stuff. And you have some beautiful uh, artwork in here, uh, lots of mega golem uh, collages. And um, yeah, so that was very lovely to see this in a hardbound uh, edition because it's a book that uh, inspires me greatly uh, yeah every day but it's a very magical book it's not a grimoire it's not a technical book it's just pure magic for me pure signal and then and also came there... we we did an edition with that yes we did an edition with that uh, of the um i'll just show it like this the uh, uh cover artwork cover artwork uh, is uh, available in an edition um, limited from Trapar. And we'll, we'll have the link in the so-called show notes or in the information text. Uh, that is wonderful. That So you can buy the hardbound uh, copy of the book together with a limited edition. And then, then there was this one that was also out in a slightly different format and in paperback, uh, but this uh, the last year 2023 came out in hardbound it's my photo book called genesis peorage temporarily eternal photographs 1986 to 2018 uh, and it is what it is it's basically uh, photographs from uh, all throughout our friendship beginning in 1986 and ending with picture, pictures i took in new york in 2018 uh, so it's kind of a parallel book to uh, sacred intent which was basically which is basically our conversations uh, from these same kinds of meetings but temporarily eternal the photo book contains more because not every meeting was like an official interview or or working on the sacred intent book it was just much more casual stuff also and uh, traveling together and and just i don't know uh, pictures of a friendship and from a friendship so that was wonderful to to have out, and then I also made an edition of one of the photographs that actually didn't make it into a book, into the book for some strange reason. But that is now uh, available as an uh, edition print together with a hardbound. So those were uh, oldies but goodies that was sort of um, revisited uh, in 2023, and uh, that's good. There's going to be more of that, and actually, I think uh, let's see now that I think of it, there are two. A couple of others also, let's see, this one, I was thinking of this one, a book that had its um, uh, 
10-year celebration. It was published in 2013, hence a 10-year uh, anniversary, 2023. And it's my first novel, Mother Have a Safe Trip, that is now also available in a beautiful hardbound edition. And uh, you and it's I... It's a really good novel. Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's a great fun read. A psychedelic uh, spy thriller drenched in LSD and UFOs and magic and... Uh, it's just uh, a, <laughs> it packs a punch uh, and you and I of course have a very special uh, relationship to that book because it was at when the book was fresh really uh, just released in the autumn of 2013 that you and I met for the first time at the book launch in New York at Catlan uh, so that was good also to revisit that book and sort of make it available in a hardbound edition too Absolutely. It's a great read. I think I'll reread that too, because this year I reread The Devil's Footprint, which is such a good book. I love that book. Everyone should read The Devil's Footprint. <laughs> um, and maybe I'll reread Mother Have a Safe Ship now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think uh, I'll do the same. It's been a while since I read it, but you know, I uh, wrote it and I have no idea really where these things come from. Uh, I guess it's just you know, um, unconsciousness or the unconscious and let it roam free and let it surface in a way and then formulate that in a good um, attention-grabbing language. Uh, seems to be a good formula. Um, so that's, that's um, some of the old stuff that was repackaged, reissued in a way, um, some old stuff. But there was also a lot of new stuff um, coming out. And I think early on in the year, was um, this one, Chimera Obscura, uh, Selected Exhibitions 2003-2014, which is also a photo book uh, by me. And again, the title sort of says it all, Selected Exhibitions 2003-2014. Um, I have had quite a few exhibitions, uh, mostly of photography, um, when the, you know, there have been offers or the situations have presented themselves. And it's you know all kinds of things it's like portraiture and there's a, there are abstractions there are um, pictures from travels there is also uh, pictures in here that was an exhibition that specifically had to do with mother have a safe trip i made an exhibition called imprisoned sentences uh, which were inspirational photographs when i wrote the novel i used photographs from a lot of trips uh, as um, creative springboards in a way um, evoking scenes, smells, sensual impressions that I then wove into the book proper. Uh, and it's a, for me, it's been a very good way of uh, working because you don't have to sort of force things uh, out of your psyche. You could just look at these uh, uh, photographs and, and just, you know, soak them in or go through, travel through them again. And then you come, when you come back, you have... Uh, a backpack full of uh, almost like ready-made formulations. Uh, so that's a good, I don't know, maybe creative advice. So I was very happy about that because it's basically my first like monograph of, of uh, photography. There will be many, many more. Uh, a couple will come out in 2024. Uh, but Chimera Obscura is, is um, yeah, I'm very, very happy about that because it sums up. Uh, as you know, I like to sum up things almost as a kind of a magical formula to be able to leave it behind and just move on. Uh, and uh, of course, the problem is when you're creative uh, along the way and you take, you know, literally thousands of photographs as you go, um, then if you want to sum up, you'll never catch up. 
but that's fine too. It's just a, a creative privilege in a way. So there will be more books sort of looking back in a way that I'm doing it in part to leave it behind, but I'm also doing it because, uh, you know, these books need to be available in the present and also in the future. Absolutely. What other new books have you put out, Carl? Well, um, I think for us, the, the most uh, interesting thing was, was this little beauty um, that we, uh, the Patreon Magic Monday posts collected into Anthology Volume 2, uh, we may need to call on our cosmic friends, Magic Monday Part 2. And uh, if there are people who are unaware of what it is, it is basically uh, every Monday uh, on our on the Patreon that you and I have together, we have a section or a chapter almost called Magic Monday, where we write about our magical practice and uh, impressions, expressions, techniques, um, uh, ideas, theories, but mostly practice. And then once a year, we uh, anthologize these uh, Patreon posts in book form. The first one was simply called uh, It's Magic Monday Every Day of the Week. And now this new one is called We May Need to Call on Our Cosmic Friends. And it, it, it's a massive volume, a beautiful four-color printing and very, very, very substantial stuff filled with artwork, filled with text. It's just, uh, if I was not me and unaware of these things and I found this book then I would want to be me you know <laughs> uh, I I, I, uh, I like it very much and rumor has it that volume three will be out very very soon uh, so that will be even even more fun <laughs> even greater uh, so it's interesting also because these sort of uh, incremental wisdom that you can get from social media uh, it can be very inspiring in the moment, but it also inherently uh, evanescent, you know, because then you're fragmented by something else. So in order to, you know, amass and, and uh, collate, collect, and make it potent in a different way, it's a great thing to make books out of uh, social media material. And, and I feel very happy about this uh, series. It will be uh, fantastic because we do so much that we have a tendency to forget what we do yeah it's really fun to put those books together because yeah. you get to go through the year and see like what we did and i remember putting the last one together you could see how uh we were like doing magic to get the house that we moved into but we didn't even realize it you know like exactly. all these trips and going to different parts of sweden we were like planting seeds that we didn't even know we were planting which is the fun thing when you've been doing magic a long time, you like work on it when you don't even realize you're working on it. I love the unconscious. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think also from, from the point of view of, of um, you know, magical anthropology or, or, or culture or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's valuable for people to uh, watch this as something that is not compartmentalized into a specific time and place as a kind of a hobby or something. It's completely immersive. Uh, it is uh, our life. It's not part of our life. We are part of it, rather. And and um, we also passionately want to share what we do in, in honesty and for the sake of inspiration. And beyond that, possibly, you know, it could, it could be good 
to to inspire people to actually do something similar not to mimic or or emulate but just to be inspired and and uh, go through life with the same kind of um passionate determination that is possible to to stay within the realm of your own integrity and just uh, be a more fulfilled person um and um leaving traces like this behind um i think is very valuable because it's something that is not like you know shoved down people's throats it's it's a book that they buy um uh, and then at their own pace just look through it and it's not a book that's designed to go you know you have to begin page one and, and end at the, the last page it's it's um chapters weekly missives in a way that has to do with many different things so you could I don't know, I would say read it like a poetry book in a way. Just pick a poem, pick one week's missive and hopefully be inspired by that. Uh, whether it's about magical technology, magical theory, practice, art, stuff that we've done. It's just, uh, I think it's a very vibrant process and I hope that rubs off on on other people. Yeah, it could even be fun. People could use like bibliomancy, like what yeah. what might be useful for me today? And then like see what page opens and see what's on that page and see what they read. Because like you said, it's not something you have to start at the beginning and go to the end. It's not like a initiation process where you're getting like initiated into a magical order where you have to memorize things and stuff like that. It's just basically like we both done a lot of different things and uh, we just like talk about how we end up using it in our day-to-day -day life, whether it's like what we're thinking about or like something seasonal that's happening or some sort of holiday or some sort of deity or some sort of like reading tarot cards or astrological events or whatever, mm -hmm. making yeah. art or cut-ups. There's so many different ways that magic is happening all the time. And, mm -hmm. like, it's a lifestyle. It's a worldview. It's a being part it's an animist worldview really and being part of nature and just yeah being a more fulfilled human absolutely and also it's so immersive that even as we speak right now it's actually part of uh, a magic monday post right this will be in, in a future in, one in audio <laughs> form so what we're talking about now right now will actually be in a coming volume of uh, a magic monday book so and when that book magic monday four i guess or five even we're lagging behind a little bit we'll see uh, yeah i'm not sure how many years we've been doing it now we might this might be magic monday five yeah we'll see four years i don't know we, we, we we'll shall find see. out but anyway when you dear reader uh read that book and read what we're saying right now then we can also do that and then we can go back and say that well well way back in uh 2024 january 1st we were talking about this uh, because by then you know time will have uh, moved on and beyond uh, maybe we'll be in 2025 by then uh, i think so i will edit together it's my job to edit together these posts into the book form or into the posts collected so that you could put it into book form but i've been not doing it because i've been trying to give you a chance to put together all these other books that you have on your table already because you tend to take on a lot of projects carl <laughs> yeah why is that you're the shrink i'm just uh you're obsessive <laughs> oh, oh well i am uh and happily so and uh, i love my neurosis it's good for me but contained within the perimeters of creativity. And I have been doing a lot of uh, 
in no specific order here I, I i should probably pick out some books and show um Dogfjärla. this is a book in swedish that i wrote um actually while we were still in stockholm i wrote a piece every day um during the pandemic summer i think it was uh, but then it turned out to be almost like a um a diary, uh, collected thoughts and aphorisms that sort of gives the impression of spanning a year, but it's actually a summer in a way. And it's in Swedish, so maybe a bit, little bit limited for, for uh, most people who, who listen to this and watch this. Uh, but I'm very happy with it because, again, I tend to be very diligent and do things very, very regularly. But as you know also, I like to stop once in a while and just uh, collect things and have a look at it from a bird's eye perspective and then also share it and that's exactly ex the example of this one dog fjärilar um and then there were the other books um that were very interesting and the first one i think that came out that was by someone else entrepar was advat's uh, wonderful book spiral of objects um it, it's a remarkable book it's a novel it's i would call it like an experimental novel in a way uh, not perhaps not so much formally but the way it is yeah the way it is structured and also what it's about it's about um i shouldn't spoil too much but it's about uh, some people who are involved with uh hanging out with and interacting with dolls and not necessarily little toy house dolls but rather big dolls that you usually associate with um creatures created for uh, sexual comfort or sexual challenge in a way uh so it's a kind of psychedelic thriller in a way um or a thrilling um psychological story uh can be many different things uh i liked it when i got the the manuscript because it was unlike something that i'd ever um read before uh and of course i was fascinated by uh, Anton LaVey's relationship with his so-called artificial companions, some of which he actually built himself or uh, remodified like store mannequins and turned them into artificial human companions that he actually talked to and interacted with. And I don't think, perhaps, perhaps not uh, sexually, but that's besides the point. Uh, he made real sort of Galatea uh, inanimate people come alive by social interaction of, of different kinds. And uh, that same feeling is evoked in me uh, when I read Advat's novel, Spiral of Objects. It's, it's uh, what would you say? It's kind of undefinable. I love this book. I think exactly what you said. It's unlike anything else I've ever read. The only thing that it comes close to reminded me of is like the first time I read Queer by William Burroughs. And that's why I said this is going to be like a cult underground classic, just like Queer turned out to be, because it's like a whole scene of like doll kink and doll world. And, you know, not only, you know, dolls as artificial human companions, like the ones you can buy, like that are made to be like sex dolls, but also like people that bind themselves and make themselves kind of living dolls where they like bind themselves with things that they can't move so much. And um, yeah, it's just like a whole different like array of a spectrum of different like ways to be a doll, a, a way for dolls to be kind of more human or for humans to be more artificial. And yeah, it's just like so psychologically wonderful and rich and it's fun and it's kinky and it's just like a whole adventure. 
And yeah, I just really, really love this book. It's the best book I've read in such a long time. And it got me like so energized and like excited about it. And I'm actually interviewing Advent later this week about the book. So a podcast all about this will be up soon um, because, yeah, because I just can't wait to talk to him more about it. Mm. And I think it's interesting also because it's obviously something in the zeitgeist. And I'm thinking of, of um, Advent's novel as a kind of a, dark side companion of the barbie movie in a way yeah <laughs> because that's that. all that's all surface uh but even though it's surface and sort of pasteled and sort of you know politically correct uh, feminist uh whatever it, it was a it was a fun film i have to say i enjoyed it greatly but that's the surface level but for all the millions hundreds of millions of girls who've uh, played with barbies it's not always the fairy tale games you know yeah. <laughs> i know of some women who've treated their bodies <laughs> really harshly and for psychological reasons so they kind of totem uh, objects totemistic objects that can also be magical objects um like little fetishes that can act out enact and reenact things that you either want to get rid of or achieve so it's it's this thing with dolls is just something that i think is um stems from very very early on in the human psyche the externalization and symbolization of something a process that will take you towards the desired in a way and advat uh, spiral of objects is like um, underneath the surface of contemporary times grimy urban life uh, uh, with all its challenges and all its sort of um, i don't know call it like uh, pharmaceutical lifestyles in a way and those kinds of interactions and and it really um as you say the this thin crust or thin line between who's a doll and who's a human being yeah you can't tell sometimes when yeah, you read the exactly. book. it's really interesting yeah. and who the narrator is and what their involvement is sometimes yeah. It's interest it's super interesting the way I bet wrote it it's mm. really engaging I read it in a couple of days and then I read it again in a couple of days it's really yeah and it's a very good book yeah it's a really good book and I'm so excited about it and I think also, like like you said, it's like so for this generation, because just like when Burroughs Queer came out, like, you know, it wasn't like a lot of people. I mean, of course, a lot of people were queer, but it wasn't like so much in the popular mainstream culture. And then, you know, Burroughs was talking about being a junkie and being queer and this whole like kind of underground lifestyle that he was living in Mexico and stuff. Um, and I think that it's in the same way. It's like this kind of lifestyle is becoming more popular and more mainstream where people you know do have artificial human companions and it's becoming more and more of a thing or people that grew up with the internet and grew up with you know avatars and different kinds of you know there's all this like doll fetish with like girls that look like dolls with big eyes and like pigtails and things like that sailor moon or whatever um it's just like more and more of a thing um and i think it's just going to become more and more of a thing as time goes on so this book is kind of like right at the ahead of its time like curve for that i think and it's the first book that i've read like this um and yeah just like kind of captures like the essence of like a generation i think mm -hmm. i agree i agree and then then there was um this beautiful book which is currently our, our best seller at Trapar it's a book about uh, Jim Morrison it's called this is the strangest strangest life I've ever known a psychological portrait of Jim Morrison by Portuguese uh, journalist and author Ana Leorne um, it's also 
a really great book uh, which in a fairly condensed form takes you straight into sort of the psyche of, of Jim Morrison and and uh, Anna Leona traces his um, career basically in the doors and also his emergence as a you know serious poet and also the problems um uh, and it's you know incredibly fascinating read because most people who are interested in you know uh, rock music whatever know the surface you know the surface story of Jim Morrison and the Doors and of course you've heard the Doors you know um, huge band huge impact but the tragic story of the poet um, is usually uh, not forgotten but sort of pushed aside uh, or if it's taken into account it's like this sort of cliched kind of you know Val Kilmer's uh, portrait in the in uh, Oliver Stone movie. Uh, Anna Leona's book really goes to the real depths. Uh, that's my impression, you know, and and um, looks at um, the tragic story, but also his his greatness in a way. He's trying to juggle these things and demands from the outside, and just basically wanting to be a poet. So it's this eternal battle for artists of keeping your integrity, but at the same time acknowledging the fact that you are uh, also enjoying being a rock star in a way perhaps at least in the beginning you know when you're young and susceptible to those kinds of things uh, so this is the strange strangest life i've ever known a psychological portrait of jim morrison uh, it's a very very interesting read uh, you don't have to like jim morrison to enjoy the book it's kind of it's like a study in general of of uh, people of a certain kind uh, creativity that becomes overheated in a way and then you try different things to sort of cool it down and usually that ends up quite badly yeah uh, what happens to artists when they end up in these machines like yeah that's right from my generation to think of Kurt Cobain in a similar way right it's like uh, someone who's an artist who makes this band because it's just like they need to to survive it's like have to make their music or have to write their poetry and then the big machine of you know, pop culture eats them up, it spits them out, you know. Absolutely. So, so uh, that was a great book that came out towards the end of the year. These and... are my two favorite books this year. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. two books. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know that I'm your biggest fan and Chapar's biggest fan, but really, I love these two books so much. And Anna, I've already interviewed for Rendering Unconscious. She's episode 272. <laughs> hear good. more about the book yeah um, and it's really fun talking to her she's really great and I, I can't wait to interview her about other things and just talk to her in general because she was mm -hmm. just fun to chat with yeah absolutely and then towards the end of uh the year I mean we're right now on January 1st but but uh the last bit of 2023 was kind of uh intense and we you know I wanted to get a lot of things out so technically the books that I'm showing now are like 2024 books the first one in that batch was was uh, Tom Bradley's Nagasaki Soul Huffer, um, a manhunt in 55 cantos. And, and it's like, you know, if you know uh, poetry, you know, uh, epic poetry, you know, Ezra Pound, uh, the cantos, it's sort of, it's not a, a straight prose narrative, but it's not like super experimental poetry either, like, like Pound's cantos. Uh, this is a story uh, and I cannot... <laughs> I cannot express what it's about. You simply have to read it. Um, it's about this um, huge uh, 
creature in a way or huge being um in japan um it so, sort of defies the the uh um it's a mind-bending book it's a mind-blowing book and I, I enjoy it it's sort of someone who has um uh, great talent for writing and and tom has been writing a lot of books published a lot of books uh, but i like this one and wanted to publish this because um it's more like poetry than regular prose but at the same time it's an easy read isn't and when, once you get into it it's like whoa what's going on it's like these different narratives and it's just i don't know it's a very very cool book nagasaki soul huffer by tom bradley yeah and it needed like no edits no, he's Tom Bradley. <laughs> always, always love the books need like literally no edits. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's perfect. Highly recommended. And then <laughs> if just fresh, hot off the press, it was an it's an art book. Um, Can I see your niche by Jason Hoff, which is basically collages and cut-ups uh, from a, you know a queer perspective. There's a lot of um, erotic images. It's certainly not porn, but it's just uh, fun, honey uh collages uh cut-ups um handwritten stuff um i guess you could call it lo-fi in a way uh, but it's just beautiful stuff uh, i like it very much and they work really well together uh, jason usually presents these images on social media you know like instagram and, and uh, other places but to see them collected like this and the different kinds like you have uh, images with text and then you have handwritten stuff. It turns into a, a kind of a, a story in itself. No real coherence in a way, but obviously there's like, you know, desire and the body and, and you know, uh, queer themes. But that's really, you know, it's besides the point. It's just uh, very, very... Um, art from a core that needs to express itself and that's just like you know tom bradley and all many many other things that's what we cherish we cherish this sort of eruption that can't hold back what's inside the psyche of the artist you just need to express it and um somehow present it and and the, in these books we do that with these particular artists so that it's been a good end of the year and it's been a good year and and we should also talk about music. Can I, I guess. talk about Jason Hoff for a second? Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I love Jason Hoff's work, and um, I love his Instagram, where he's always posting these kinds of images. And I'm so glad that you put out a book um, of his images and texts. And, and Jason and I used to be roommates, and so it's really fun that he's also taken up the cut up method. Um, and we lived with the art another artist friend named Melissa Diaz, who was always encouraging us to make art whenever we were stressed. And she always had art supplies around and things like that. Um, so it's really fun that we're all making art now all the time. And I love that Jason's showing his art um, all around New York and been made a couple of other books of like writings that he's done with more personal writings. Um, so yeah, just definitely check out Jason's work. Hoffwit is his Instagram, H A A F W I T. Yeah, so maybe we should talk about um, music because I think this this sort of covered all of the book stuff, whether it was our stuff or Trapar stuff. Uh, there is also a new Trapar website, meaning a, a revamped um, 
uh, slightly more uh, modern looking website since a couple of months back. Uh, and you'll find all the books there, of course, or you can buy them on Amazon, which is usually cheaper postage and faster. And this, all of the editions that we haven't really talked about are there also, of course. So you should go to trapar.net and check out the books there. And if you prefer to buy uh, from, from Amazon, there, there are links also on the Trapar website. To Amazon. Yeah. yeah, like you said, there's a lot of additions there and unique works and old rare books and things yeah. like that as well. Um, and we both also contributed to Tumzantorum this That's year. That's right. We should mention that as well, Sean publication oh yeah here here it is this uh, this is the one that we were in both of us this number three and then you were also in tumzantorum number four right yeah very cool so check yeah. this out yeah it's a Our very very press. cool cool book sort of uh or cultural anthology in a way absolutely i wrote the first piece i wrote was like a cut-up piece which was my first like long form cut-up kind of piece of work um, which helped me in working on my Things Happen book that I've just almost wrapped up. That'll be out in 2024 on Trapar soon. Um, and then the second piece I wrote about um, the alchemy of poundrogeny synthesis and incarnate. And that was actually a really old piece that I had written in 2013 because Genesis had asked me to write something for a website that someone was making called Community, like community, Community. And Jen was collecting stuff for this site. So I wrote this piece for that, but then the site didn't happen. And so I just had this piece and I used different iterations of it in like the Scansion book and things like that, like used parts of it, but I had never presented it as its original, uh, the original piece that it was. So I put it in, in Sean's book and it was great with some collages. Mm-hmm. I think also we should talk about uh, music. You made uh, eight albums this year together with uh, Pete Murphy, the great British musician. And it's actually, you're up to 15, I think, uh, albums in total with Pete. Uh, and uh, maybe you should talk a little bit about, about them. Yeah, since 2021, we have 15 albums, which is a lot. And it's really cool. And they're all super different and interesting. Um, and I will record more stuff for Pete soon and send them out. But yeah, basically, as I've been working like on my book, Things Happen, which is my first um, kind of cut up novel that I just finished um, in, in the William Burroughs style, cut up novel style, um, I would record basically pieces of my cut ups and different um, cut ups that I make while I was creating the book or creating other collages and send them on to Pete and then Pete puts them together in his magical musical way and has made so many different albums and uh, they're all very different and they're all very experimental and uh, a lot of them are up at Spotify now so if you have Spotify you can listen to us at Vanessa Sinclair and Pete Murphy on Spotify um, and they're all up at Pete's Bandcamp as well um, so that's PeteMurphy.BandCamp.com. And some of them are up at Highbrow Low Life's Bandcamp, but we just couldn't keep up with Pete. So <laughs> we just told them just to keep posting them. It's <laughs> great to, to find someone who, who outdoes more it. productive than us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's a super machine. Uh, yeah. It, it's, they're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. And, and the, the music is so uh dynamics so versatile you know it's such a wide ranging um 
amount of musical expressions so it's not just like 15 albums of the same kind of stuff it's just no, like it's pretty really, incredible yeah yeah and the actual fantastic. instruments that he plays on them yeah. so yeah. he can play like a multitude of instruments it's pretty mm-hmm. amazing yeah 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 and i have to say though that um i said in the beginning that sometimes i feel that nothing is happening you know that nothing gets done uh, but we're looking back back at the musical year for me has been very similar to um, what happened in the book world, meaning that I did uh, go back, I looked at the past, I collated, collected, anthologized, uh, and made sure that things came out and came out again. Um, the most significant thing, because it has physical form, was the CD it's a CD version of an album that came out a couple of years ago called Single-Minded Dualisms by White Stains, the band I uh, technically still have, that, but that was formed in 1987. And it's the sing- first singles and, and the sort of 12-inch singles from 1987, 88, and 89. And it came out on a Polish label called Zoharum. And Zoharum are going to release a lot of... Um, uh, albums in the coming uh, period I think a couple of albums during 2024 uh, but it was also a great um, time for Highbrow Low Life in the sense that uh, we released um, some old White Stain stuff like the collaboration with Genesis Peorage, uh, the At Stockholm uh, album and the Wordship album with Jen and, and uh, Cotton Ferox uh, and some other stuff and also a new Cotton Ferox anthology of older stuff. Um, yes, a lot of stuff. So people should really check out highbrowlowlife.bandcamp.com because there's a lot of stuff there. And then for- and We had song... those Bandcamp listening parties. That was fun too. We yeah. had three of them, I think. Absolutely. And this one came out, uh, it's too big to even open, but it's a uh, a vinyl box of the At Stockholm uh, album and some other uh, related psychic TV stuff that was issued on vinyl on demand. Uh, the original box came out, um, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, uh, filled with stuff. And these are some of the remaining vinyl copies that have been repackaged in a way. So now it is completely sold out. But Zoarum, the Polish label I talked about, uh, will issue all of the collaborations between me, Thomas Tibert, and uh, Genesis Peorage in a CD box. I think it will contain like five albums in this CD box. So that'll be a great treat for 2024. Very cool. Yeah, and you came on the podcast. You are, of course, the um, number one guest on Rendering Unconscious podcast. I've had you on more than anyone else. Surprise, surprise. But that's because a lot of the things that I put up with you are not, we don't just do interviews where we talk like this, but we, I use your uh, lectures um, and I have to put up a lot of your lectures as podcast episodes because I think they're super interesting and helpful. But I you agree. Have an episode on there where you talked about your music a bit, um, which is Rendering Unconscious number 255. And this year, let's see how many. One, two, three, four, five. I've had you on the podcast five times in 2023. Um, one with uh, Nicholas Friswald, which was really interesting. You two in conversation. And then uh, the one that I talked about where you talked about specifically your magical musical endeavors with White Stain, Scott and Fairrock, Psychic TV. And then um, also I put up 
uh, a lecture that you uh, gave at the Occulture Conference the year before on Topi and your experience with the DIY culture of the Temple of Psychic Youth. And um, I also have an interview with you on your book, Source Magic, um, that came out in the beginning of 2023. So that's up there. And then I also have a, le a lecture that you gave on challenging inertia and entropy. So those are all rendering unconscious episodes that you can check out with Carl. And you mm -hmm. also started your own YouTube channel where you collected together your different lectures and different podcasts you've been on so that they can all be in one place and be like a central hub for all of that. Yeah, this... this um a lot coming uh, in that sense um one project for for 2024 is the publication i think it will be actually the first quarter of the year uh, a new anthology of lectures and essays called in between the lines uh, and um i will record all of those also as video lectures and as some people know i used to have these on uh, vimeo vimeo on demand that people could pay to uh, see uh, for a small uh, small fee but now that's gone and I'm doing everything on YouTube for, for free because uh, I think that's a it's it's a good thing and um, so basically during 2024 I can see maybe somewhere between 10 or 20 new lectures will be recorded uh, and put on that uh, uh, cultural um, YouTube channel yeah, that'll be great. And I'll link to that as well. Yeah. Um, your own YouTube. And then, of course, the Trapire Film YouTube is where you can find this video and uh, the videos for Rendering Unconscious podcasts and more. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to streamline things a bit because there's so many different platforms and things. We're just trying to like focus in because it takes a lot of time to post things to all these different platforms yeah. and things. So we're really focusing on Patreon being the central hub um, and, you know, just encouraging people to go there. And we started a discord so that we can chat with people, you know, whatever they want, they have questions or they want to talk about magic or, you know, it's the full moon, what's everybody doing? And then also people in the Patreon community, which is all people that like, you know, art, magic, psychoanalysis, similar, similar things, um, can chat with each other a bit and chat with us. So that's been fun. And we've also did last year, we did our first kind of Zoom like chat like this, where we talked to people from Patreon. And that ended up developing into like a mail art project where I ended up mailing out some um, collaged postcards to different people. And then we also did like a whole project together where we uh, all worked on like collages communally and mailed them to each other. And at the final a uh, contributor has just added to the collages and is sending them to us now. And so once we have that, we'll make a Magic Monday post about that and the process and the kind of magic of having this communal art project. So we hope to do more things like that and have more Zoom chats with our Patreon community um, and have the Discord and the interim between that. And especially with people that are in the 23rd Mind level, Patreon, where we do these kind of magical rituals every month on the 23rd, we do them on our own and we can talk about them or talk about different themes that are going on. But I also think we're going to have more of these kinds of Zoom chats with the Patreon community so we can talk to people even more than we already do. Yeah, absolutely. It is, uh, 
endlessly fascinating and you know challenging and could go in any any direction basically because it is a that's the real community in a way it's the community that's alive today uh and um yeah it's it's really fun and interesting and obviously it creates these gesamt creative projects too um as a kind of a trickle down effect and it's uh yeah it's very 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 fun and as we do take time every week to post about these things on patreon that in itself is uh worthwhile i think for people to to come check it out and and join the patreon because uh, as you said it is our central hub and i think it will remain like that in the constant fragmentation of new platforms etc we will just like uh, you know stick to the patreon and make sure to increase the communication in between the people we have there yeah exactly i like it i think it's a good platform i did start a sub stack because some people wrote saying um that they would like Substack, that that's better for them so i have started posting the magic monday post specifically on the Substack each week so you can sign up for our Substack, and um if you pay for the Substack, then you get the magic monday post each week um on monday or sometimes a little later in the week because sometimes I do work also full-time as a psychoanalyst and I have a busy private practice. Um, so sometimes I don't get to do it on Monday. So it might come out Wednesday for the Substack people. For the Patreon people, Magic Monday comes out on Monday. For Substack, it comes out sometime during the week. <laughs> um, so if you like Substack better, then go ahead and sign up to Substack. It's uh, Vanessa23Carl, Substack.com. And, and Patreon is Patreon.com forward slash Vanessa23Carl. I kept it the same so that it would be easy to remember and that's another point i do i do practice as a psychoanalyst and i do have analysis that i meet with uh, weekly or oftentimes more than once a week um, and i do have some room in my schedule right now so if anybody has been interested in thinking about psychoanalysis you can always contact me at a vs at drvanessasinclair.net um, which I'll also link to, but that's my website is drvanessasinclair.net. And there's a contact page where you can email me through there or just write me directly at vs at drvanessasinclair.net and um, get in touch because, yeah, I do have a little bit of room right now at the beginning of the year that I could fit a couple people in. Excellent, excellent. I think we've um, covered a lot of ground here. Uh, yeah, but we also have to talk about morbid anatomy because we did oh, yeah. our psychoanalysis art in the occult series all year. Um, and then at the at the towards the end of the year in September, we did our first class with them, uh, which was a four-week course on the magic and creative power of the cut-up method. And that was a really fun class. It was actually, I knew it was gonna be great, but it was actually even much better than I thought it would be. It was actually the thing with cut-ups is when we do these presentations we do these classes like this they're actually like magical workings in themselves because everybody coming is interested in magic and we're magical and it just becomes this like magical creative process and i had like so many amazing things and synchronicities happening during that class it was like a really potent time of the year in september when we were doing that and morbid anatomy has just asked us if we would teach it again this year so likely in september around the same time we'll be doing the class again yep Yep, that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'm sure there's other things we did. I gave a talk at the Victor Wind Museum, which was new, and that was also really fun. Um, so I look forward to working with them again. And you're going to give a talk for them at some point this year. Yeah. I'm sure, because they've been trying to set that up with you forever. So I'm sure that will happen. Yes, it will. Um, yeah, and we're always, we've we've actually like really expanded networks this year and met so many new people and been on so many podcasts, especially you. You've been on like so many podcasts. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's been really nice to get to talk with new people and new networks and uh, hear what people are doing with cutups in new ways that I hadn't thought of, Um. things like that. Seeing, seeing people being inspired is inspiring in itself. Absolutely. And that said, you know, don't be a stranger. Uh, we are uh, always interested in talking to new new people, whether on their podcast or whatever, you know. So if you're interested in getting in touch, get in touch. Yeah, Carl is Carl at CarlAbrahamson.com. And I am VS, Vanessa Sinclair, VS at DrVanessaSinclair.net. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also revamped your website a bit, CarlAbrahamson.com. Mm-hmm. And also I did the podcast, Rendering Unconscious, um, and rounded out 2023 with episode 275. So it's like a beast at this point. I had a lot of episodes and I went back and looked. I did 52 episodes last year. So I really did one a week on average last year. So that was good. Yes, very good. Steadily moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) It's good that we we live in the same house that we're married because otherwise we'd never have time to meet. Yeah, we'd never see each other otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) So this works out. Yeah. Well, is that it? Are you ready to walk the puppy? Yeah, it's time time to walk the puppy. Time to yeah. walk the puppy. Mm. So yeah, so I'll meet you meet you downstairs. <laughs> That's right, within the minute. And then we'll see everyone else when we see them. Join us yeah. at Patreon. Um, see you on social media. We'll link to all our social media and everything in the liner notes. And yeah, see you when we see you in whichever platform you prefer. Yeah, thank you for being here and talk to you all soon. Bye.